0: Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Welcome. Great to be here, great to have people here and to be able to talk to you with actual live people rather than looking at the camera. It's fab, and if you, uh, if you worship here regularly, you'll know that we're going through the book of Colossians, and so we are in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 to 18. And uh, I haven't got my Bible, I need my Bible. What? Yeah. Okay, we're in Colossians chapter 2 verse 16 which says so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or sabbaths for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come and christ himself is that reality don't let anyone condemn you On insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things, their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. Okay. This section in my Bible is titled Freedom from Rules and new life in Christ which is a fantastic title for a preach so that's what we're going to do today freedom from rules and new life in Christ and these verses follow on from the previous section because it starts with so uh, or therefore so you have to go back and look at what was in the previous section otherwise this section doesn't make any sense otherwise we're starting with a so and we're thinking so where did that come from so we're going to go back and look at where this point comes and this whole section is dealing with the lies and deception that had come into the early church which we've been talking about for the last few weeks verse 10 is a key verse this is what paul wants the Colossian church to understand, and it's what he wants us to understand. So, you are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over all rule and authority. Complete. You are complete. It's Jesus plus that was pathetic it's jesus plus nothing we've been preaching it for the last six weeks it's jesus plus nothing or it's not jesus at all that is the point that paul is trying to get across is that jesus is enough you are complete in christ therefore don't go and try and add things on to your salvation because jesus did it all and so Peter spoke a couple of weeks ago about circumcision. It's certainly not being circumcised as well as having Jesus. It makes no difference. It's Jesus or nothing. You are complete in Christ. Therefore, stop trying to add all these things into your salvation. I preached a few weeks ago about not listening to empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking. That's the New Living Translation. High-sounding nonsense and empty philosophies. That's not what it's about. You don't need to do that. You are complete. Keith last week preached about we are new creatures in Christ. We have been made alive by the Holy Spirit and our debt is paid, as Keith spoke about last week. And uh, there should be a slide coming up which really only reiterates what uh, Keith spoke about last week. Your debt is paid. It'll be here in a minute. There you go. This is called, you may not be able to see it very well, it's called the receipt of life. So it says at the top there, salvation, Jesus paid it all sin shame regret past mistakes unforgiveness hurt anger zero Jesus paid it all the problem is that the church in Colossians believed that in one sense that God had paid it all but then felt That they ought to be doing something in their lives to, to almost increase their spirituality, increase their standing with God. Paul reminds them that having gained this new freedom in Christ, it is paid, the debt has gone, they should be careful not to gain another debt, which in this case is a debt to the law. Things that are seen as adding to their spirituality end up as powers to which they're enslaved. Having one debt or IOU paid, as uh, Keith said last week, they're now in danger of writing another one, which will ultimately only end in failure. Because Christ has done it all. So trying to add something to it is going to end in failure. Christ accepts you exactly as you are. He doesn't say, get yourself sorted out, then come to church. Get yourself sorted out and then I will find you acceptable to me. He says, no, I take you exactly as you are. Whatever your mess is, whatever your situation is, whatever you have done wrong, I forgive what you've done. I forgive you today and I will still forgive you tomorrow. He accepts you exactly as you are as you are don't let legalism come into your lives and create another debt it is paid your debt is paid the receipt says zero so important so verse 16 he says don't take this condemnation back on yourselves and don't let others condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certainly certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these are only a shadow of the reality to come. And Christ is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels. Their sinful minds have made them proud. These people are in danger of putting themselves back under the law and listening to people who are full of pride and their own achievements. They're no longer even listening to God. Christ, who is the head of the body, verse 19, they are disconnected from Christ. And therefore what they say has no value because of pride. And pride has come into the early church. Proud of what? Proud of being super spiritual. Better than others. I can have visions of angels. And I can hear from angels. I am so spiritual. I am super spiritual. A big C on my chest in gold letters. Christian. It's like Superman when he pulls his shirt up and there's a big S. They were like that, big C. I am super spiritual. Also, working out their salvation by denying themselves certain foods or certain things. This kind of over excessive um, denying bodily comforts, if you like, put it like that. They thought that was going to get them closer to God. They're completely missing the point. Proud of their gifting. I'm so gifted. God speaks to me so clearly but he doesn't speak to you it's like having two different levels of Christianity there is only one level we are all sinners saved by grace that's it proud of following the law to make yourself worthy to God God can see that I am pious I am doing so well. I am keeping the law. Jesus says, "Don't you?" Paul says, "Don't you understand? The law was for then. Jesus has come and done away with the law. Before you had a shadow of something solid, what is that solid thing? It's Jesus. No longer do we live in the shadows. Now Christ is here. They have missed that Christ is the reality. Just on that point of pride, we need to be careful, each and every one of us, that pride does not enter our hearts. It's so easy, it's a trick of the enemy to come in and make you proud of your achievements. Proud. I'm a leader this, I do that, I can speak in tongues, I can prophesy, I can do all these things, and I am a super Christian. No, I'm a sinner. Saved by grace. I'm an elder, I'm a sinner. Saved 100% by God's grace, as all of you are. We're all the same. We're all sinners saved by god's grace paul moore says this in his commentary and i love this he says when people try to entice you into particular styles of piety and devotion other than single-minded devotion to jesus you take no notice hallelujah i love that when people try to entice you into particular styles of piety or devotion other than single-minded devotion to jesus you need to take no notice The old religious order is irrelevant, Paul says. They are like shadows cast by a solid object. And the solid object is what matters, not the shadows. The solid object, the substance, is, of course, Jesus. The celebrations of the Jewish law look forward to him. Now he is here. They are simply not needed anymore. You see, you can do all these things. You can be moral and upright. You can follow the law. You can follow all the ceremonies. You can be circumcised. You can learn all about the Bible and understand all the philosophical arguments and even know the Bible. You can pay your taxes. You can help little old ladies to cross the road. You can reach up and get a can of beans off the top shelf and give it to someone in the supermarket, which happens to me all the time and I don't know why, but you can do all those things and you can be an upright, moral citizen. And none of those things are bad. But it's not enough. And do you know why it's not enough? Because it doesn't change your heart. And this is the whole point of what Paul is saying is here. He's saying, don't you understand that what Christ is interested in is what is in your heart. You can do all this stuff. You can follow the law. You can be a good person. You can do all that. You can go to Bible college. But it doesn't make you a Christian because you have to be born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to be changed inside The law is external. It tells us what to do. You must go at 70 miles an hour on the motorway. I always use this one, don't I? Only because I always fail and have points on my license. But the law is external to us. It tells us what to do. Jesus comes and he says, I'm going to write my laws on your heart and your mind. No longer do you need to be told what is right and wrong. The Holy Spirit within you tells you. I want to know what is in your heart. Do you love me? Three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? That's what Jesus says to each and every one of us forget about what you do, do you love me? That's what I want to know. Do you love me? When we come to worship, do you love me? When you come to pray, do you love me? When you talk to me, do you love me? It's like a relationship. When you start going out with someone or you marry someone, you don't have a list of rules and regulations to tell you what to do. You don't say, right, I'm gonna to talk to Julia for 30 minutes on Sunday morning. Monday at five o'clock, I'm gonna to talk to Julia again. Wednesday, I'm gonna buy Julia a bunch of flowers. Real brownie points. You don't, you don't act like that. There are no sets of rules and regulations about relationships. Why? Because it's not about what you do, it's about what's in your heart. You love that person, you want to be with them. I used to drive for an hour to see Julia when I was going out with her. She lived in Berkhamsted. I lived in Ashford in Middlesex, and I used to drive an hour to see her for half an hour, and then drive an hour home. That is crazy! pick up the phone. I had a mobile. In fact, I used to go to her house and ring her from the front doorstep and pretend I was at home and then press the buzzer and she would come down and there was me in all my glory. I'm here because I love you. That's what Jesus wants. That's all he wants. Monday morning, I feel terrible, Lord. I'm tired, I'm weary, I don't want to get up. But I love you. What a difference. I'm not going to try and work my salvation. I love you. Jesus just wants what is in your heart. There are no rules and regulations to come to this church. You don't have to come 20 times and then you get a certificate or anything like that it's not like that we want people that have the same heart as us which is to glorify jesus and to thank him for all he's done for us and to worship him and to give him all the honor and all the praise and everything we do and that's why we say at the beginning of meeting come holy spirit and point us to jesus that's what the holy spirit always does he comes and he points you to jesus the author and perfecter of our faith our wonderful savior our wonderful lord this rock that we have and he comes and he says take your eyes off your situation and fix them on jesus because we all drop our heads we all walk around oh the weight of the world is on my shoulders if only people knew about my situation they would feel really sorry for me and we have, our heads are down and we're moaning and groaning and we do it, all of us do it. Do you know what he says? He says, I am the lifter of your head. Do you know what that means? It means lift your head and look at Jesus. And suddenly the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You're feeling low, you're feeling down, you're feeling dry. Lift your eyes to Jesus. Worship Him. Put a worship song on. Do you know, uh, I was listening in the kitchen today to Kari Job. <coughs> she has the most beautiful voice. And as I was listening to this worship song, I was thinking, I am never going to sing like Kari Job. I wish I could. Male version, of course, but I wish I could sing like Kari Job. And in that moment, the Lord came and said to me, it's not what comes out of your mouth, it is what is in your heart that I love. How good! He is so good. He comes in that moment where you think, I am useless compared to Kari Job, and I am useless compared to Kari Job. He says, it doesn't matter because what I want to know is what's in your heart. You want to worship me just as Curry Joe wants to worship me. And that is acceptable. That is perfect. That's all I want. And I may sing out of tune. It doesn't matter to Jesus. goes through that heavenly filter. And in heaven it sounds wonderful. Hallelujah for heavenly filters. Jesus came to save sinners. You're a sinner this morning? Put your hand up come on we're all sinners but the good news is Jesus came to save those who are sick not those who are well this is something the religious leaders of the day just couldn't get their head around Jesus went and he had dinner with tax collectors and undesirables prostitutes the whole lot and uh, in my version it says why does your teacher eat with such scum that is the word that is used. And Jesus' reply is wonderful. Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. For I have come not to call those who I think they are righteous, but those who know they're sinners. You know you're a sinner this morning? Jesus has come to save you and set you free and bring freedom. Hallelujah. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night to try and talk and find out who this Jesus was. And uh, he initially thinks that Jesus has come to save the Jews from the Romans. And as he talks to Jesus, Jesus explains why he is here. And he speaks to him from John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that those who believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. We did not come to condemn the world. He he came that they may have life through him. And uh, at that point in the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, Nicodemus says to Jesus, so it's all about sin. And there is a light bulb moment in Nicodemus's life. And Uh, I wanted to show the video this morning from The Chosen. It's it's my favourite part of The Chosen. It's fantastic. I'm going to put the link on my notes and Sarah's going to put the link on Facebook. Have a look at that video. It will bless you. Every time I watch it, it brings tears to my eyes. It is wonderful. It's just a moment where you see God dealing with someone so graciously and he begins to see who Jesus is. It's wonderful. So, Have a look at that. I'm running out of time. Jesus came to save sinners. And we're all in the same boat. 1 Timothy 2, verse 5 and 6 says, For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile us to God. The man Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Jesus died to bring freedom to you and me and each other. Be careful that you don't go back and condemn yourselves because you're not doing enough. You're not good enough. You're not pleasing God. We condemn ourselves Other people can also condemn us but there is one who will always condemn and that's the enemy. He will always be on your shoulder telling you you haven't prayed long enough, you haven't read your Bible long enough, you're not spiritual enough, you're not good enough, you've done some bad things in your life, how can God accept you as you are? He will always do that. You have to recognise it and tell him to go away in the nicest possible way. Because he is a liar from the beginning. That's what the Bible says. Recognise him that he is a liar from the beginning. That's his very nature. He cannot tell the truth. He's a liar. So when he comes and condemns you, kick him out and come back to him with truth. Therefore, Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Put it on your fridge stick it on your wall there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus that's me and that's you there's no condemnation because jesus took it all on the cross once and for all he took your condemnation from yesterday from today but he took it from tomorrow and wednesday and friday and next week and next year he took it all hallelujah this is our god this is our god get your head around how amazing he is get your head around how incredible his grace is and you say i don't deserve it absolutely right you don't deserve it that's the whole point of grace undeserved favor I don't deserve it, you don't deserve it, but God gives it because he is a God of love, an amazing grace, an amazing mercy. Begin to see how big he is. How amazing this God is that we worship. We are useless and we let ourselves down and we let God down and he still loves us. He knew you were going to be useless before the foundation of the world. And he still saved you. He still saved you. And we have those days where we think, I don't even know if I'm a Christian anymore. And God says, yes, you are, because I've saved you once and for all. But we all have those days. And the enemy comes in and he wants to turn the screw and say, ah, you're not a Christian. Look at the way you behaved just then. You're a miserable little sinner. Yes, I am. But thankfully, Jesus came to save sinners. Hallelujah. All of sinning comes short of the glory of God. Romans 3, verse 23. But come to Jesus, connect with him. He is an amazing, amazing Savior. Hallelujah. What is vital is that we're connected to Christ. This is what Paul is talking about all the way through Colossians. We've said it so many times. You need to be in Christ, with Christ, for Christ. He is for you. He is with you. Connect with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It always has been, it always will be. Colossians 2 verse 19, he says this, They are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments and it grows as God nourishes it. You want to grow in Christ? Then connect to him. Connect to Christ, the head of the body. He holds the whole body together and it grows as God nourishes it. I pray that God nourishes you this week. I pray that God comes in his power and through the Holy Spirit and he just speaks to you. Even if you fail and fall and sin, whatever we do this week, I pray that God would come in that moment and remind you that he loves you with an everlasting love. That he knew you were going to fail before the foundation of the world and he still chose you not because you're good but because his grace is wide and deep hallelujah lord jesus we love you lord we delight in you you are an amazing amazing savior and i just pray lord jesus that oh lord you would come and teach us that it's not about what we do It's about what is in our heart. We can never work our salvation. We can never do enough. The debt is too huge to pay, but thank you, Jesus, you've paid it. On the cross, you took my debt and you paid it. Teach us, Lord, not to get ourselves into debt again by the wrong thinking or the wrong way we act. Lord Jesus, we want to be free in you connected to Christ I pray that God would nourish us and grow us as believers in Jesus Christ this week next week and forever in Jesus name amen, amen. right worship team let's have a song